my rebels. Today I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Let's Go Brandon phenomenon. Now you know what that is. That's an NBC journalist pretended that people saying F-U-C-K Joe Biden were actually saying Let's Go Brandon. But I want to show you what one Southwest pilot allegedly said when his plane landed and how a left-wing journalist activist is trying to make it into a firing offense. I'll take you through it. I think it's an interesting story that shows how terrified the media is of anyone who can break the narrative. I'll go through that today, but before I do, let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's the video version of this podcast. You get my daily show and weekly shows from Andrew Chapados, David Menzies, and Sheila Gunn-Reed. Plus, at just eight bucks a month, it's a great way to support Rebel News. Just go to rebelnews.com and click subscribe. Thanks, here's today's podcast. Tonight, the story of a pilot who told a three-word joke, and now the world wants him fired. It's November 1st, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Here's U.S. President Joe Biden having a well-deserved nap at the Global Warming Conference in Glasgow, Scotland. Biden works so hard, often putting in two or three hours before calling it a day. Forgive the guy for taking a quick nap. I think we can all agree, without even hearing what he was listening to, the speech that was being said at that moment, that it would make anyone fall asleep. I mean, the world weighs heavily on Biden. When he's awake, that is, the tyrants of Russia and China are not coming to the global warming thing. And I don't know, Russia's too busy selling oil and gas to the West. Biden is begging them and OPEC to increase their oil production because Biden cleverly shut down the Keystone XL oil pipeline from Canada. Uh, Biden, however, did approve a Russian pipeline into Europe. I guess that's a different kind of CO2 or whatever. China is too busy to come to a fake meeting about fake things. Um, if they're not busy launching hypersonic missiles that catch the West off guard, they're busy launching Tychonauts, that's what they call astronauts, into space to work on their space station. Um, by the way, uh, I saw this story in the New York Times. Lucky for us, uh, Democrats are shutting down the gifted student program in schools. De Blasio to phase out NYC gifted and talented program. The mayor unveiled a plan to replace the highly selected program, which has become a glaring symbol of segregation in New York City public schools for incoming students. <laughs> I guess it is a sort of segregation to have special programs for really talented kids. Um, but it's based on talent. It's based on merit. It's just a bit weird, anyways, to hear the Democratic Party and the New York Times, which are all in favor of segregation based on medical status and vaccination status, to complain uh, against uh, segregation. I thought they were for that these days. Oh, and by the way, today is the day that New York City suspended thousands of policemen, firemen, paramedics, and sanitation workers 
I wonder if that will make New York uh, citizens uh, safer or healthier. If I were in a burning building and a fireman rushed in to save me, I wouldn't first check if he were vaccinated before allowing him to rescue me. They're actually closing down dozens of fire halls in New York City in the name of safety. Does that make sense? Police and paramedics, same thing, but sanitation workers? I remember when Toronto, a city less than half the size of New York, had a garbage strike. Yeah, it it was atrocious. Uh, Parks were turned into urban, uncovered garbage dumps. I don't know if you know that. The raccoons loved it. Imagine what the New York rats will do. But remember, it's for your health. Seriously, why would anyone care if the sanitation workers have had their jab? Sanitation workers are a nice way of saying garbage men. Uh, I mean, other than to lord it over them, to show them who's boss. Are you truly worried that the guy picking up your dirty trash? Are you truly worried that he's not clean enough to pick up your garbage? Get over yourself. Who would do that? So, yeah, that's happening. I see some people fighting back. I see a judge in Chicago has sided with the police union there and put on hold their mayor's plans to have every cop in the city jabbed or fired. This is a win for the cops and for their union, one of the few unions in North America that's protecting its workers rather than siding with their employer. But really, it's also a blessing for that wacko mayor. She's truly hated. Listen to this. She is a mask Nazi, if I can borrow a word, Uh, but not when it's herself having a party, herself out for a photo op. She's just as bad as de Blasio in New York, but the court actually did her a favor. Imagine if thousands of police were actually taken off the streets of Chicago. Imagine the carnage. It already has one of the worst crime sprees in America. Here's a fairly recent story in the Chicago Sun-Times. North, uh, sorry, downtown shootings up 220%, biggest spike in the city, people are fed up. Yeah, like I say, that judge did Chicago's mayor a favor by saving her from herself. A week or two ago, we told you about a wildcat strike, or more accurately, a work to rule at Southwest Airlines, where thousands of flights were canceled by airline workers rebelling against the forced vax. The airline lied for a while, and the media party joined in on the lie that the flights were canceled for reasons of weather. (laughs) I just laugh at that, because oddly enough, that weather didn't affect any other airlines, just that one airline. But the truth came out, and Southwest did cave in, actually, and abandoned their vaccine extremism. So I sort of like Southwest Airlines now. I don't think I've ever flown on them. I wonder if we'll see something similar at Canada's airlines. I'm afraid I'm pessimistic, but look at this news report. And I'm not sure if it even rises to the standard of news. I'd call it more gossip or a rumor. It's from a reporter at the the Associated Press, but she's really an activist more than anything. Here's a tweet she wrote over the weekend. That face when you're trying to go on vacation and then the pilot says the very thing you're working on over the loudspeaker and you have to try to get him comment, but then also, or then almost get removed from the plane. She's talking about the three-word slogan, 
Let's go Brandon. Brandon is a race car driver in NASCAR, and he was being interviewed by a reporter at NBC Sports, and the crowd was chanting, F-U-C-K Joe Biden, F Joe Biden. It's become a thing across America at sports events. And the, this NBC reporter, I don't know if she genuinely thought they were saying, let's go, Brandon, <laughs> or if she was just embarrassed that they were swearing on TV. I don't think she was being political on purpose, but uh, she said this. Oh, my God, it's just such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me, as you can hear the chants from the, the crowd, let's go, Brandon. Yes, sister, they weren't chanting, let's go, Brandon. But it was so funny. It was such obvious gaslighting. Telling people they weren't hearing what they were hearing at the moment they were hearing it. it, it that let's go, Brandon, immediately caught on as a joke. Everybody started saying, let's go, Brandon. For one thing, it didn't have a swear in it, so it was a family-friendly, safe-for-work, whatever kind of chant. Second of all, it's funny. Third of all, it's a reminder that the media lies to you, deceives you, takes sides against you. <coughs> it was taking ownership of their attempted misdirection. Uh, it's everywhere now, let's go, Brandon. It's a bit of an inside joke, I think, but half of America gets it. So back to the plane, back to Southwest Airlines, and this activist reporter. Now, there are probably 100 people on that plane, but none of them have come forward saying they heard what this attention-seeking reporter activist from AP claims to have heard. Uh, but that part about getting the pilot's comment, she didn't send him a message or an email or a text or whatever. She stood up and tried to get into the cockpit of the airplane. She literally tried to get into the cockpit of a plane post 9-11. Uh, let me quote. Also, in defense of airline, I was asking them to open locked cockpit and probably sounded insane. <laughs> yeah, that's called air rage, sister. You're trying to cancel a pilot. You're the one who should be put on a no-fly list. You're going to go into the cockpit and, and interfere and, and interact and grill the pilot landing a plane. Are you mad? Yes, and you admit that's exactly how you came across. So, like I say, there was no corroboration that he said this. Maybe he did, but I haven't seen it yet. Did he really say, let's go, Brandon? I don't know. Let's go, Brandon. We have landed. I don't know. These journalists like to hear things, don't they? But let's say that he said, let's go, Brandon. It's not a swear. It's not vulgar. Is it political? Yeah, you bet it is. No more political than when every corporation in America and half of them in Canada took a knee for Black Lives Matter or celebrates Gay Pride Week or Trans Pride Week or whatever. I mean, woke capital is out of control. Corporate America, corporate Canada is political every day. But here was one guy who allegedly, and I, I don't know if I even believe it because we know the media lie, and this reporter already admitted she's a bit off kilter, but even if it's true, okay, so what? If I were a Democrat, like this journalist surely is, I, I wouldn't like it, but no more than Republicans surely have to bite their tongues every day when they're bombarded with the aforementioned corporate political campaigns, but so what? Three words, let's go, Brandon, if he did say that. But they were three defiant words, weren't they? by someone who isn't bending the knee, and the entire chant is just that, defiance. 
not just of Joe Biden, but mocking the media's cleanup crew. So here is a former FBI agent who now works for CNN. As an experiment, I'd love for a Southwest air pilot to say, long live ISIS, before taking off. My guess is that one, the plane would be immediately grounded, two, the pilot fired, and three, a statement issued by the airline within a matter of hours. Yeah, sister, ISIS is a terrorist group that has declared war on America and blows up planes or anything else. You're comparing a three-word, peaceful, tongue-in-cheek political joke with real terrorism. You're crazy. But that's no different from the rest of the media political industrial complex that's trying to criminalize simply being conservative. Um, here's a fake conservative on the Democrat payroll, uh, Jim Swift, with something called the Bulwark. There's a difference between making a joke about your train being delayed due to another train with a political candidate and basically saying F-U-C-K Joe Biden. But both are things that if you do them, you can get fired. Yeah, mate, but uh, he didn't say F Joe Biden. That would be rude. You don't want a pilot swearing. He just said, let's go, Brennan. I didn't know that the left was against swearing. <laughs> Who knew? I didn't know they were against not swearing. Let's go, Brian. Brandon is not a swear. I didn't know the left was against vulgarity, certainly in their presidential politics. I, I just didn't know that. Here's a series of reminiscences by Greg Price. I borrowed these from his Twitter account. They're spot on. Here's Democrat Robert De Niro showing that Democrats respect the presidency and they certainly wouldn't swear. I'm going to say one thing. Fuck Trump. Oh, wow. Well, here's Democrat Madonna showing that Democrats respect the presidency and don't swear and definitely don't incite violence. Yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. But I know that this won't change anything. Here's Democrat rapper Eminem showing that Democrats respect the presidency and don't swear and aren't violent in their language either. When I say fuck, you say Trump. Fuck Trump. Fuck Trump. And, and here's a little more. I mean, besides being polite, Democrats would never abide anything sexist. You know, Ivanka, that's a beautiful photo of you and your child, but let me just say, one mother to another, do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless c He listens to you. You don't normally hear the C word spoken on American TV, but look, it was important, guys. I mean, Democrats are never rude. Yeah. Why are they freaking out about this pilot so badly? Why are they hunting for him, trying to get him fired? That's so over the top, don't you think? I think it's because this Let's Go Brandon thing is spreading. Someone has broken the official narrative. It's underground. It's pure guerrilla. It's off script. It's unapproved. It's a groundswell. It's contrary to the billions of dollars of official messaging. I mean... If they make fun of Joe Biden and laugh about it, 
And if they come up with a new catchphrase, who knows what they'll make fun of next? Anthony Fauci, maybe. Nancy Pelosi, vaccines. The United Nations, Greta Thunberg, who knows? This pilot must be stopped and he must be made into an example. And if we have to compare him to a vulgar terrorist, well, so be it. Stay with us for more. Welcome back. Well, as you know, it is our tradition to cover the big United Nations Global Warming Conferences. They are full of jargon. They call them COP or Conference of the Parties. They're at COP26. That means this is the 26th time these bureaucrats, politicians, lawyers, and lobbyists have had an annual reunion. Five star all the way. Private jets stacked up at Glasgow's airport. Uh, huge entourages. Joe Biden arriving in, what, a 50-car caravan. But you, of course, have to reduce your carbon footprint. I also noticed they weren't checking if people were vaxxed. You have to check if you're vaxxed before you're allowed to have access to restaurants or in Canada now. You can't even get on a plane if you don't meet the vax test. Not so these special people, because that's the thing. They're special and you're not. Well, we've sent Sheila Gunn-Reed to five of these conferences, but this year we're delighted to have boots on the ground in the United Kingdom. Our new reporter there, Lewis Brackpool, has made the journey up to Glasgow, and he joins me now on the streets of that ancient city. Lewis, how you doing over there? Hey, man, yeah, all good. It's a little bit windy, but yeah, it's all good. <laughs> well, I mean, you're there in Glasgow. We had to find, all the hotels were taken, other than, you know, $4,000 a night presidential suites. We found you an economy class Airbnb, and you went up there on a low-cost easy jet. Thanks for doing that mission for us. Um, you're going economy class, but are you getting a feel for some of the five-star luxury of the global uh, warming elite? Yeah, I mean, it's quite funny, isn't it? I flew in with EasyJet, they flew private. So it just shows the, uh, the lack of integrity and the, uh, just the hypocrisy from these elites coming here and telling us plebs what to do. <laughs> we've we've been speaking to a lot of people on the ground about that. All the demonstrations have been about people um, pointing out the hypocrisies from other world leaders. But when you speak to actual climate uh, activists, they seem to be siding with them, uh, which is really, really quite something. Well, I mean, I understand pointing out the hypocrisy of Prince Charles or Boris Johnson or Jeffrey Bezos who flew in. Um, but if there are climate activists like Greta Thunberg, they came to Glasgow, they didn't walk, they didn't paddle on a kayak or a canoe. So, um, I mean, I, I feel fine criticizing these global warming activists because I don't believe that the world's about to end. I don't believe carbon dioxide is evil. And I believe that the earth has warmed and cooled naturally over the millennia. I've heard of the ice ages, and I know that that happened before the automobile was invented. So the, the cooling and the warming. So when I call out Prince Charles, Jeffrey Bezos, Justin Trudeau for hypocrisy, 
I'm not saying that I'm living a lower carbon lifestyle. I don't believe in that. But every leftist activist, every journalist activist there, they're in on it too because they all flew in and, and they're all using you know, petrochemicals like plastics. I think it's just probably the largest walking uh, example of hypocrisy ever known to man. I completely agree. Um, and the question that I've been asking people on the streets is, couldn't this have been done over Zoom for over two weeks? I mean, you care so much about the carbon footprint and CO2 emissions. I mean, it could have saved quite a lot if you cared about it that much. For these world leaders just to stay at home like we've been doing for two years. Why couldn't they have done that? But it seems to me like their, their idea um, of these world leaders coming together and speaking about it is some sort of tremendous act of goodwill, which I don't see personally. I just see it as, you know, you, you practice what you preach. And, and that's what I've been saying, but these elites can't seem to be do, doing that. So, yeah. Well, you've sent a couple of clips and I haven't seen these yet, so I'd just like to play a clip uh, that you recorded there in Glasgow on the ground for the UN Global Warming Summit. Let's take a look. So could you tell us a little bit about this poster and uh, what it represents and uh, why, why what it is? It's, it's just sort of criticising Boris Johnson, really, because this is sort of what he thinks of himself, you know, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Right. But, like, really, we'd be lucky if he did anything at all. Okay. He's been criticising a lot of countries for having high CO2 emissions, but we've not really been doing anything ourselves, so... Right, okay. It's just so... Do you know yeah. which countries he's being criticising? Yeah. yeah, he's been having a go at China, but China basically produces everything. We've actually... We imported a lot of our stuff from China, getting it from China. Yeah. So it does make sense. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so China, I believe, is, is 30% CO2 emitters yeah. of the entire world. So do you think that that would be okay to sort of criticise because they're the biggest contributors? Well, it's sort of like making fun of someone for falling into a ditch when you're, like, halfway sunk in sand, really. Like, right, okay. we're both terrible and there's not really any excusing it, so... So, because I, be, I believe the UK is 1.1% uh, uh, CO2 emitters, so compared to 30%. Um, and you've got obviously Russia as well, that are about fourth. Um, India as well, who are, who are rejecting the net zero uh, policy as well. I mean, what do, you, what do you think of those guys not turning up as well? I mean, it's not really ideal, but you would expect Russia to be fourth because it's, you know, massive. Uh, they can do better. We can all do better. So there's really no point in having a go at other people when we've all got to improve. Okay, okay, fair enough. Thank you very much. Cheers. Hey, Lewis, how long are you there for in Glasgow? How many days are you going to be there on the ground? So I've, I arrived here uh, very early morning of the 31st of October, so Halloween, and I'll be here until the 3rd of November, just covering what people are saying. Well, I think that'll give you a chance to really cover a lot of the delegates from around the world. Are there other counter-protests? I mean, there are people like Greta Thunberg who are trying to egg things on even harder. But are there people there who are saying, whoa, you're going to push us into energy poverty. The UK has high enough oil and gas prices as it is. And, you know, China and India are developing their coal fired power plants as fast as they can 
China is the world's largest emitter, emitter by far, and their president isn't even showing up. He thinks it's a joke. Is there anyone making these arguments, even if they're just counter-protesters on the streets? Funny you say that. Um, I interviewed a, a girl holding up a banner of Boris Johnson, and she said that we shouldn't be bullying other countries such as China. Um, meanwhile, there was um, a bunch of demonstrators who, are, who want to end the CCP and to have a conversation about it. So it was interesting to see the dynamic of the two. And on top of that, most demonstrators have been from countries such as Bangladesh, uh, Sri Lanka. Um, we, we've interviewed people from Uganda as well to protest um, their world leaders and how corrupt they are and how hypocritical they are to fly all the way over here and not address their own citizens first. Hmm. Now, how is it in Scotland generally? I know Wales is very strict on lockdownism, but I think the UK in general is less strict than Canada or certainly certain parts of Australia, like the state of Victoria. Uh, is life sort of normal on the streets of Glasgow? Um, I mean, it's one thing. I think that a lot of the climate activists are looking at the public health activists and saying, wow. You guys shut down the economy. You guys controlled where people can go, when they can go, who they can meet, when they can travel. You guys showed us the way. We got to learn from you. I mean, I, I think the pandemic is the template, the blueprint for the climate activists. What do you think? Well, it's, it's funny you say that, actually. Uh, all I've been seeing is uh, a lot of people are wearing masks in the, in the street, which, um, you know, is, is becoming quite the normal thing. Uh, up here in, in, in Glasgow. I mean, a lot of people are still hesitant on, on taking their mask off, even when outside. Um, so that's the main thing I've been seeing in, in terms of COVID-related um, issues. But yeah, I, I think that's the, that's the main thing. I haven't really spoken to many people regarding COVID at all, but from what I've seen, the mask still seems to be the problem. Um, here, I think people are still a little bit uh, worried because the tyranny is ramping up in Scotland. I mean, they've introduced vaccine passports as well uh, for certain events. Funny that the elites here at the event won't be, uh, they're excluded from that, but um, a lot of the plebs aren't. And there is also test centres outside of the event here where you have to prove a negative test uh, before you actually enter. So we are seeing a ramp up of tyranny. Um, so, yeah, I think England is, is definitely um, less strict, but we're expecting Plan B to, to head on over this winter as well. Huh. Well, Lewis, we're glad you're over there and uh, we're starting to get your videos arriving over here now. Thank you for working around the clock. It really is an exciting time uh, to cover the global warming movement because they've been pent up for two years. They're there to party. They're there to boss people around. They've all had all sorts of the worst encouragement. So I'm glad you're there to tell the other side of the story. And I want to say to folks, you can find all of Lewis's report at rebelun.com, rebelun.com. And if you want to chip in, as you heard, Lewis is flying economy class on EasyJet, which is one of those discount airlines. He's staying in an Airbnb, and I know he's traveling uh, economically compared to the you know, luxury class there. So if you want to help out, you can do that at rebelun.com. Also, Lewis, thanks for flying the flag there. It's great to see you.
Thank you so much. And thank you very much for the opportunity and the Rebel viewers as well for, for showing their support. Thank you so much. Well, we're, you're very welcome and you're doing a great job. We'll keep in touch in the days ahead. There you have it, folks. Lewis Barakpool for Rebel News. Stay with us. More ahead. Welcome back. Someone with a nickname Razor says, if a joke is funny, it doesn't matter if uh, the content is offensive or not. The only goal in stand-up is to make your audience laugh. And if he succeeded, that's all that should matter. Black comedy tends to be really funny because most people are afraid to take jabs at sensitive topics. I, I mean, it's, it's like love. You can't turn it off if it's wrong. I mean, I suppose you can control yourself. My point is laughing. If you find something funny, you can stifle a laugh. But if you think it's funny, you think it's funny. The heart wants what it wants. Um, as I wrote my script for that show, we're talking about Mike Ward and, and that youngster with the, that terrible disease. I felt tremendous sympathy for what the, the young man goes through and that he was attacked by Mike Ward when he was just a kid. He had done nothing wrong. He could do nothing wrong. He was a child of tender years. So I felt sympathetic for him, for sure. But imagine living in a country where nine judges get to decide what is funny or not. I, I actually don't think the jokes were that funny. I actually don't think they were that vicious. There was, there was one comment that was over the, over the top. But welcome to comedy. I don't know. I... Um, I'm just embarrassed that four out of nine judges wanted to make it illegal to tell bad jokes. That's what scares me a lot more than a comedian. Someone with the nickname Gutter King says, Good job, Mr. Rubin and Mr. Levant. Canadians and Americans alike need to stand together on common ground. Thank you to both of you for bringing us all the real stories and real facts. Respect to the both of you and your teams. Well, I'm excited that... Um, uh, locals has connected with Rumble. These are just alternatives to Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and Patreon. Hopefully they won't be blackballed in the same way as other uh, apps like Parler and Gab have been. Someone with the nickname One's Compliment says, this is what the right needs more of, the development of a counter economy. Look, I'm of two minds. First of all, we do need a place where we can still operate. Uh, YouTube is getting stricter and stricter. We were kicked off PayPal. But in the same token, I don't want to be in a conservative ghetto just hanging out with like-minded people. I want to be in the public square at large. I want to reach out to people who've never heard from us before. I want to try and persuade others to join our way of thinking. Especially during the pandemic, we are finding common cause with people who two years ago I'd never imagined have anything in common. Robert F. Kennedy Jr being a perfect example of that. Union members who are feeling betrayed by their pro-vaccine union leadership. There's so many things that feel realigned. I want to be in the larger public square. I don't want to be in some tiny little conservative playpen. Those are my thoughts. That's our show for today, but let me leave you with a video that our friend David Menzies did about a haunted house that was donated money to the Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto, but then they got offside with some bureaucratic red tape. It's just incredible. Take a look at this story. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. Keep fighting for freedom.
Every year, I love to put together this Halloween haunt and corn maze for all the neighbors and everybody else. And we like to donate to charities each and every year. They have decided to send them home because they're unvaxxed. So they are discriminating against the unvaxxed for really, um, to me, I believe that there is no reason for that. They're already in sick kids going through so much and now they have to have this added stress. And with children, if you ask me, David, it's that these poor children are gonna think they are, that they've done something wrong. Well, you know, kids, Halloween will soon be upon us. And you want to know what's really scary? It is the house of Lisa Robinson. Yes, the former candidate for the Conservative Party in Beaches, East York. Just will you see her Halloween setup. And whatever you do, kids, don't forget your 3D glasses. Ooh, that's scary. <laughs> David Menzies for Rebel News here in Pickering, Ontario. And folks, I am at the residence of Lisa Robinson. You might remember that name. She was the conservative candidate in Beaches, East York, until unfortunately her own party canceled her in September. Uh, we'll have a separate video on an update to that egregious story. But um, from real life horror to pretend horror, Lisa, this is an amazing thing you have done to your house here. We just took a tour, my cameraman Lincoln and I. Uh, it's disturbing and horrific and terrifying in bright daylight. I can only imagine what it's like when darkness takes Lisa. Lisa, what's the story behind this Halloween display? Oh, I do this every single year, David. Thank you so much for having me on again. Um, every year, I love to put together this Halloween haunt and corn maze for all the neighbors and everybody else. And we like to donate to charities each and every year. And you know, that is kind of the news peg this year, um, Lisa. Out in Spruce Grove, Alberta, there was a couple there that put on a haunted house to raise money and food for the food bank. They last year, $800 and 1,800 pounds of food. But the local Karens complained to the city and the city basically told them, you either shut this down or you face a $100,000 fine. And you were originally raising money for Sick Kids Hospital. You got a call from Sick Kids. You had raised over $2,000 last time we spoke. And the call wasn't so much to thank you, it was about something else. Yeah, the call was actually to see what kind of mandates that I had in place for COVID. <laughs> for the little children running around outside in the open and uh, where they're not touching anything, but they still want to know what kind of uh, COVID protocols I had in place. You know, I subscribe to the saying, it's one thing to look a gift horse in the mouth, it's another to kick its teeth in. To me, this is more horrific than any vampire, werewolf, or zombie. Uh, Lisa, you, out of the goodness of your heart, you have invested thousands of dollars of your own money, you're raising thousands for sick kids, and it's... um. Yeah, we're more concerned with masking, social distancing, uh, vax passports, what have you. I mean, this, I think that's outrageous. 
I really think it was outrageous too, David. And, you know, I really, really struggled with my conscience to see if I wanted to continue raising funds for sick kids. And the reason why I say that is because we know that the Ontario government has put policies in place for um, people who are unvaxxed that when they're at the hospital, you know, either you're vaccinated or if you're unvaxxed, then, you know, you can go ahead and do the testing for COVID-19 to make sure that you are okay. But unfortunately, it's very, very disturbing to me that Sick Kids Hospital has decided to put the children aside, their needs aside, and what they have done is the doctors that serve those children, the, the nurses, all the support staff, they have decided to send them home because they're unvaxxed. So they are discriminating against the unvaxxed for really, um, to me, I believe that there is no reason for that because in my own humble opinion, I don't think there's any difference between the vaxxed and the unvaxxed at this time, mm -hmm. only because the vaccinated can also get and they can transmit COVID and yet they don't have to do testing. So potentially vaccinated people can be going into the hospital in front of the sick children and, you know, passing it on to them. Whereas, you know, it it's really, really disturbing that these poor children, I mean, they're already in sick kids going through so much and now they have to have this added stress. And with children, if you ask me, David, it's that these poor children are gonna think they are, that they've done something wrong. No. Why has why is the doctor not coming back to see me? What have I done wrong? No, that is terrible. Two things that you raised. First of all, um, when sick kids and other hospitals have let go, uh, healthcare workers, nurses, etc., because they're unvaccinated. It's funny this, isn't it? Just months ago, before there was vaccines or a vaccine passport, these were the frontline heroes, and now they are the frontline zeros. Get jab or lose your job. And secondly. We know from the data, and it's supposedly science driving all these decisions, children are virtually invulnerable. The last time I checked, only three persons in Ontario under 20 had died from COVID-19, and that is the most relevant stat, the death statistic, not those who catch it and recover. And of those three, I understand, they all had a complicating medical issue. So the idea that somebody at Sick Kids is so... Um, sensitive about your COVID protocols when this is an outdoor venue, uh, the lion's share of the people coming here, I assume, are children, uh, you know, the ones who withstand this virus uh, the best. How do you make sense of this? You, you really can't make sense of it, David. You, you honestly cannot make sense of it because it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, you can still get and give, transmit COVID to, to, to people. So, I find it very, very disturbing that they are discriminating and that's exactly what they're doing. And the children are the ones that are suffering. Only the children are the ones that are suffering. Now, Lisa, I understand that you are so upset the way you were treated by sick kids that you're still going to give the 2000 or so dollars that you raised because that's how you advertised it. And you don't want to do bait and switch with uh, people making donations. But you have since decided that's it for sick kids. You've moved on to a different charity, one that isn't hypersensitive about COVID protocols on an outdoor haunted house. <laughs> that is so true. Yes, um, I enjoy I enjoyed raising the, the funds for sick kids and everybody has really appreciated it but um 
what we have done is we've decided to give to other great organizations for children as well. And one of them that we have decided upon this week now is to move to the Kids Helpline. Now this Kids Helpline, their phone number is 1-800-668-6868. And what's great about these people is that any child can call and they can just, if they just want somebody to talk to, they can do that. Or if they're having suicidal thoughts, you know, they need to call this number. If they're having abuse at the home or in school or anywhere else, they can always reach out and have somebody there to speak to. Um, I have called the line a couple of times myself and the wait times were a little bit long, which is very upsetting to me. So I thought it would be a great organization to be able to give some funds to because I believe Actually, I don't really know what the statistics are. I can't remember at this time, but it's something like $100 can help like 300 children. Wow. So it, it's it's very widespread on how we can help with the money that we're going to give. We can well, help I'm, a lot of children. I'm happy to hear you found an appreciative uh, charitable uh, client to give the money to. One last question, Lisa. You strike me as a very lovely lady. You've got charitable intentions in your heart. You've run for public office. What is the deal with this fascination of such horrific imagery, you know, that is associated with Halloween? I know some people get into Halloween. I think you really, really get into it. What is the deal with this, um, you know, tipping your hat, if you will, to the dark side? <laughs> the dark side. You know, you said horrific a couple of times now, David, and um, it is actually a lot of fun as well. So many people, even three-year-olds, can come through here and actually laugh. Some will cry, but I would have to stem it back to my childhood but not my younger childhood I was probably a teenager and my mom had created this thing called Harold and Harold was just the stuffed man probably about your size he had no face but he had like the spookiest mask I've ever seen and like you know the big work gloves the blue jeans the tears in there and everything else and there was one time in particular I was late with my girlfriends and it was like it was dark outside and like you know the street lights came on you had to get home so i remember i ran down the street whipped open the door and there was harold perched <laughs> inside of my home like this i saw him i screamed and i basically went through the double glass closet doors Ooh. that we had in our front entrance way <laughs> it was funny my parents sat there laughing their heads off they before they figured like once they knew i was okay of course yes. and then it was funny because after that harold just kept on making appearances whether it be in august he would end up in the toilet if i got up in the middle of the night scare the bejeebers out of me again but it all stems from Harold, and I just fell in love with Halloween at that point. Wow. Well, you know what? I'm so happy, Lisa, you've transferred your love of Halloween into raising money for good charities. And uh, as far as those charities uh, that have questions about COVID safety, as far as the COVID Karens out west shutting down a similar facility as Lisa's, well, I guess welcome to Canada in 2021 with the pandemic where no good deed goes unpunished. For Rebel News, I'm David the Menzoid Menzies. Folks, can you imagine what's happened to our once great dominion? Mandatory vaccine passports, get the jabs or lose your jobs, and not even get employment insurance. We think that's wrong. We're fighting back in the court and amassing signatures on a petition. Please go to fightvaccinepassports.com. That's fightvaccinepassports.com. 
sign the, the petition and if you're in a position where you can give a contribution, please do so.